I like precursor orbs and power cells as much as the next guy, but if you ask me, the precursors must have been real losers. Daxter. Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy. And welcome to Navi Tales. Hello, everybody. I'm Josh. I'm Nick. And today we are talking about Jack and Daxter for the first time. We're going to be covering a couple of the games, but not all the games, because life is cool like that. Yeah. And if I sound like shit, it's because I'm coming off a cold. Actually, we're recording on the day we don't normally record, because Nick is... When we went to go record on Thursday, like we normally do, there was just nothing there. Yeah, I had like no voice and uh, was just spewing mucus everywhere. Yeah, Homeboy was, was not only just like a whisper, but like he was a, he was a liquidy whisper. <laughs> a liquid he whisper. He, he was a drippy whis- whis- whisper. Um, so we're real fucked up right now because we're recording on a different day. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about a real fucked up game because I've come to the conclusion this game, everyone in this game, including the protagonist is a fucking sociopath (laughs) (laughs) because Jack doesn't give a fuck about anything. He really doesn't. He died. Don't think he has real emotions. And then Jack two and three roll around. They're like, you're a hero, but like you're an edgy hero. And I was like, yeah, cause he's a fucking psychopath. Or just in that era where everybody had to be edgy. Yeah. It was super just in that era where everything had to be edgy. Like I'm convinced that that era led to like shadow form. Sora. <laughs> like <laughs> probably like there, there's like borderline lore for shadow form Sora. Right. But like, I think they just wanted an edgy character who Probably. like yells a lot and uses his hands because he's scary. Yeah. Anyway, the franchise begins with Jack and Daxter, two elf-looking boys who are traveling to an island called the Misty Island. While scary looking, that's what drew the boys there in the first place. Daxter, however, had second thoughts about straying from the village. The two perch on a large skeleton to observe a legion of lurkers, which are just ugly things, ugly generic things, uh, crowded around two dark figures, Gol and Maya, who were commanding the lurkers to deal harshly with anyone who strays from the village, and to search for any precursor artifacts and eco near Sandover Village. Seeing this, they know they have to go to the village and let someone know, but not before Jack explored some more. Daxter trips over a canister of something called Dark Eco, and in his frustration, throws it at Jack. As Jack catches it, it begins to glow. This alerted a lurker in bone armor, which goes after the two. Uh, Jack throws the canister at the being and kills it, but accidentally knocks Daxter over into a silo of Dark Eco. When he's spit back out, Daxter has been turned into an otzel, a mix of an otter and a weasel. Obviously, he begins to panic. Otzel. Otzel. Just not like everything. They were just like that. I don't even think it's a real thing. Are Otzels real? Like, I, I don't. Maybe I just don't know my nah, long. I don't think so. I was going to say, maybe I just don't know, like, my long rodents. But I don't think an Otzel is a thing. No, it's not. So. But, like, even still, they were like those two things. It sounds like something from. Like Avatar. Like, you know how Avatar The Last Airbender always had mixed animals? Yeah. I feel like an Otzel would be something out of that. Yeah, no, that sounds about right. They like, probably watched a lot of Avatar. I don't think it was. Game. I think it might have been airing when this game came out, like just started. No, they watched a lot of Avatar and they made this game. 
That's fair. You should watch Avatar. I don't know why I thought you knew what I was talking about. You've never seen Avatar. I've seen, like, images in, and, and clips. In Avatar, all the animals are mixes of animals. Except yeah. for one time when, like, a bear showed up and everyone got really confused. I'm not fucking around. This is true. This is fucking <laughs> accurate. A, sounds about right. They're like, what is this? I don't even... They were like, this is weird. It's just a bear. <laughs> like, It's just one thing. The pair return to Samos, the Green Sage, to see if they can get any help. He says that the only person who will be able to help uh, him is a Sage of Dark Eco who lives on the north side of the continent. The issue is Samos hasn't talked to him uh, or any of the other Sages, for that matter, in years, and that his teleportation portals are all down. With that, Jack and Daster's friend, Kira, said that she had something that could at least get them towards the direction of the Sage they needed, a Gravzoomer. However, they needed to get power cells for the heat shield to get over the lava separating them. After going around town collecting uh, power cells, they take the Zoomer to Rock Village. Once in Rock Village, they find the Hut of the Blue Sage and activate the portal, allowing Samos and Kira to come through. However, Samos notices that something is immediately amiss by the state of the Hut. They also notice something was amiss by the giant flaming boulders everywhere that have been thrown at the town. Turns out a massive lurker named Claw has made himself at home on the mountain pass and started wrecking everything. The issue was Claw had also put a boulder in the way of the entrance from the rock village to the mountain pass. However, the team finds that the Blue Sage has a levitation device that can be turned back on with more power cells. After another collectathon, they get it back on. After moving the boulder and defeating Claw, they hop back on the Zoomer and head through the mountain pass to the Volcanic Crater. Which I don't know why I'd head towards the Volcanic Crater, but... <laughs> Fuck it. After arriving at the crater, they find the Red Sage's hut and reactivate the portal in there, only for Gol and Maya to show up. Gol reveals himself as the Sage of Dark Ego, and that they are uh, the reason the other Sages are missing. They've been kidnapping them as a plan to turn on a giant precursor robot. They, ha they are creating, which they will then use to release the Dark Ego into the world. Now the crew realizes that they need to go after them, but can't follow them through the teleporter and need to go the long way around. The fastest way is through a place Kira refers to as the Lava Tube. The issue is that the Zoomer's heat shields can't withstand the heat without, you guessed it, more power cells. Fucking game is such a collectathon. Past the lava tube, they find Gol and Maya's citadel along with the empty hut of the Yellow Sage. When turning on the portal, they find that only Kira joined them as Samos was kidnapped by the dastardly pair. Jack and Daxter then enter the citadel to locate and free all the captive sages. After this, Jack and Daxter ride up an elevator platform and battle Gol and Maya in their precursor robot. After significantly damaging the robot, Jack channeled a cloud of light eco which appeared after four towers emitted colored eco-beams. He throws a light eco-projectile at the robot, destroying it, where it then sinks into the dark eco-silo below, taking Gol and Maya down with it. After the defeating of Gol and Maya, Jack and Daxter travel back to the Four Sages. Samos notes that the dark eco only probably destroyed them, and the Red Sage comments on Kira's potential to become a sage. After collecting 100 power cells and unlocking the secret ending, Samos, Jack, Daxter, and Kira uh, turn toward a large precursor door which is opened uh, using the cells. 
Behind it is a large blinding light, which is later revealed in the second game to be the Rift Rider and the Rift Gate. If the player has not collected 100 power cells, Daxter will complain about needing to go on more adventures, whereas if the case is otherwise, he will comment on them being heroes and already having all the cells. When the next game begins, it starts where we left off. Jack, Daxter, Samos, and Kiera are attempting to activate the Rift Rider that they discovered after defeating Golan Maya. When they are finally able to turn it on, a very large being steps out along with a whole swarm of creatures. In the panic that these monsters created, Jack hit the button that activates the Rift Rider, sending them into the Rift itself. As they pass through the gate into the Rift, the Rider gets destroyed, splitting up the group. They land in a city where Jack is immediately identified and arrested by the Crimson Guard, led by Captain Eirol. As Jack is arrested, Daxter promises Jack he will rescue him. Now starts the events of the little-known Daxter game for the PSP. Almost two years later, Daxter is in a bar telling one of his tall tales to a group of men. After almost everyone leaves, an old man listening in on Daxter's story asks him to tell him the one about how he can knock guard silly with a single blow. The man then introduces himself as Osmo, who works for the Critter Ritter Extermination Company, and asks Daxter if he'd like a job working for him. Daxter refuses, but Osmo gives him the job anyway. His first job goes rather successfully at the Westside Hotel. After that, he receives a spray pack to help with killing pests. After completing a few more jobs, including an encounter with a Hive Queen, Daxter sees Jack in a prison zoomer. He attempts to rescue Jack, but the prison zoomer leads him straight into a group of Crimson Guards. Luckily, Zeman, Osmo's son, rescues Daxter and explains that there's something brewing at a tanker in the port. Witnessing this conversation was Caden, the man who had been trying to shut down every extermination company in Haven City, so the metalheads and metal bugs, which are the creatures that we saw uh, come through the portal, the rift, at the beginning of Jack 2, could get into the city under the command of Metal Core, the metalhead leader. After cleaning up the tanker, Daxter meets Tick, who becomes sort of a sidekick to the Ossel. In the port, Daxter meets with Terran, who gives him a second sprayer upgrade, a flamethrower attachment. Terran tells Daxter that if he could clean up the distillery and the fish cannery, they would uh, consider each other even. After that and other several jobs, Daxter sets off some alarms during his return visit to the tanker. He finds out that the ship's eco-cargo was meant to be delivered to the Baron's palace. At the entrance of the palace, sneaking in using an exterminator suit, Daxter and Zyman encounter Erol, who, after a dubious explanation by Daxter, tells them to be quick with their exterminating. Along the way, Daxter finds a map to Jack's cell and some new clothes for him. Back at the Critter Ritter shop, an argument with Osmo and Caden results in the killing of Tick. Caden walks out of the shop with Daxter following in rage. Unbeknownst to Daxter, Caden had planted a bomb in the shop, which soon exploded while Osmo was still inside. Luckily, Osmo survives, but his business is now gone. Daxter swears revenge on Caden, but he has to go save Jack first. With help from Zyman, he infiltrates the fortress, beginning his quest to save Jack. Meanwhile, Metalcore tells Caden that Daxter must not be allowed to rescue Jack. However, he mentions that, should Caden fail, he could still meet them outside the prison in the guise of a human core. After sneaking through the Crimson Guard-infested prison, 
Daxter is about to rescue Jack when Caden arrives and asks if he likes killing metal bugs. Before Daxter could answer, Caden transforms into Metal Caden and attacks. After an intense battle, Caden says that whatever happens, the city will be theirs and dies. Daxter then heads off to save Jack. And that's where the it meshes perfectly into the events of Jack 2. Which, for some reason, dropped Daxter off the title. Hear that stroke? That's a Monday stroke. <laughs> that's a, that's a, we're recording on a Monday stroke. Yeah. Two years later, Jack is in a place called The Fortress. Here, Jack has been experimented on with Dark Eco in an attempt to create a super soldier powered by the substance. Both Erol and Baron Praxis, leader of Haven City, are there and declare the Dark Soldier program a failure. They leave just as Daxter appears to rescue Jack. As Daxter fidgets with the restraints, Jack transforms into the Dark Warrior program's ultimate goal, Dark Jack. He breaks the binds and then returns to normal after speaking his first words, which are, I'm going to kill Praxis. The pair then escape the fortress into Haven City. Where to make your silent protagonist's first words involve kill. Wasn't Crash Bandicoot's first words waffles? <clears throat> Probably. Naughty dog, what'd you do? You went from waffles to I'm going to kill practice. Yeet. That one's gone forever. When they escape the facility, they are first greeted by an old man and a child. Introducing himself as Core, the old man offers to save Jack if he helps him take care of the guards. Jack transforms again into Dark Jack and takes out the guards. Core then tells Jack where to find the Shadow, the leader of the resistance against Praxis, uh, called the Underground. Original. When they arrive, they meet Torn, who is a high-ranking member of the Underground and the mission coordinator. He assigns them their first missions and oversees the occasional challenge missions. Torn refuses to let Jack and Daxter meet the Shadow until they have proven themselves loyal to the cause. The missions take them all over Haven City, but on one of the missions they infiltrate a Crimson Guard fortress where they find the Crimson Guards are actually supplying Eco to Metalheads, where both factions should be at war. Torn then sends the pair to the Hip Hog Heaven Saloon, where they meet the morbidly obese crime boss Crew and his bodyguard, Sig. Crew gives them some missions to do in exchange for upgrading Jack's gun. Oh right, they have guns in this one because Edge. <laughs> because Edge. Through his ties with criminal organizations, Crew is able to find out that the Baron Praxis is working with the metalheads to keep the people distracted from the corrupt government he's running. With this information, Torn sends Jack and Daxter to go find a scientist named Vin and uh, Ashlyn Praxis. With this information, Torn sends Jack and Daxter to go find a scientist named Vin and Ashlyn Praxis, a high-ranking member of the Crimson Guard who assists the Underground. Oh yeah, also Praxis's daughter. I feel like that was kind of self-explanatory, but I thought I should explain it now. Ashlyn reveals that Praxis is interested in artifacts related to the, a precursor hero named Mar. Crew also sets Jack up with a racing manager he knows at a stadium, which just so happens to be Kira. She explains that she's working on a secret project and gives Jack a jet board to help him get around. 
Jack is more interested in the prize for winning the race, though, a tour of Praxis's palace. Returning to the underground hideout, Torn tells Jack that Shadow wants him to prevent the metalheads from reaching a sacred site outside the city walls. Jack and Daxter make their way through the decrepit area only to discover that the sacred site is none other than Samos's hut, now overgrown. This shows the pair that they haven't been transported somewhere else but somewhere else to the future. Here the shadow reveals himself as a young Samos who hasn't actually met their pair yet. I know it sounds dumb. Just hold up. <laughs> it sounds like I got this wrong. I didn't. Hang in there, kids. Samos tells Jack that the boy they saw with Kor is important because he is heir to the throne of Mar, and only he can open the, to- the tomb of Mar where the precursor stone is. The stone is an artifact of great importance and that they can use this to defeat the metalhead. Being told where the tomb is, they destroy a statue of Praxis and find the tomb and its guardian, an oracle, which are from Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy. The boy is taken to the tomb, but the oracle states that the boy is too young to face the trials of manhood and the door begins to shut. Jack and Daxter dive, dive through the door as it closes. They complete the trials of manhood and enter the room where the precursor stone is held. Another oracle tells them that the metalheads are what destroyed the precursors. But then, Praxis arrives and escapes with the stone. Returning to the underground, Torn confesses that he sold the underground out to protect Ashlyn. Several members have been taken captive and Jack has to rescue them. Through this, Jack and Daxter find the Samos from their time and return to the hideout where the pair of Samoses send Jack to find the life seed in their old hut. The life seed would give young Samos the same power the older one has. Old Samos reveals that he has been preparing the life seed for years prior. Jack escorts the young Samos who reveals that Praxis's plan was to break open the precursor stone in another effort to destroy the metalheads. Samos confirms that the destroying of the stone would kill the metalheads, but only because the entire world would be destroyed with it. Afterwards, Kira reveals that the project is actually a nearly completed Rift Rider, based on the studies of the original, but she's missing two rare and important pieces, a time map and Heart of Mar, which she knows Crew has. Jack races for Kira's team and wins, which gains him entrance to Haven Palace. However, he is recognized by Baron Praxis. Jack and Daxter escape with unintentional help from Captain Erol, who tries to run them down and unintentionally blows himself up on a dark eco-container. In the chaos, Ashlyn is able to intercept them and holds Jack at gunpoint, demanding to know why he has been sabotaging Praxis's war with the Metalheads. He explains the truth, but she doesn't believe him until Vin calls and confirms that her father's actions will destroy the world. Ashlyn then tells Jack and Daxter that Crew is building something secretly for the Baron. Jack and Daxter go where Crew reveals a piercer bomb, which has the power to destroy the precursor stone. Crew tries to buy Jack's silence, but Jack refuses, which ends up in a fight. When Crew is defeated, Jack acquires the Heart of Mar, but Crew activates the bomb in an attempt to kill Jack and Daxter. They escape with the help of Ashlyn, and Crew is left at the construction site to die. Jack and Daxter then acquire the time map from the, an arcade machine. No, this is not a joke. Jack and Daxter then discover that Sig was given a mission by crew beforehand, which inadvertently caused a breach in the city, allowing the metalheads in. Fighting their way out of the area, the three make it to the elevator, but Sig 
falls when a metalhead centipede destroys the bridge. However, Jack and Daxter are able to get safe and Sig and the metalhead plummet below. Run, you fools. <laughs> Jack and Daxter are finally able to confront Praxis and the squad of guards, but Kor then appears and reveals himself as Metalcore, leader of the metalheads. Baron Praxis proceeds to suicide charge Kor, which leads Kor to kill him. After Kor leaves, Jack and Daxter come out of hiding and approach Praxis. Praxis shows him that he has a second piercer bomb that he intended to use. In his final moments, Baron Praxis says that Jack is the supreme weapon, um, and Daxter is able to recover the stone, disarm the bomb, and save the world. The two use the precursor stone to attack the metalhead nest and confront Kor. Kor reveals that the boy from earlier is actually a young Jack, and demands that Jack give him the Precursor Stone. After the battle, Kor is decapitated and defeated. The Precursor Stone is finally opened, and a hologram of a Precursor appears. Samos and Kira arrive with the completed Rift Rider to send the younger versions of Samos and Jack to the past, where they can prepare everything for the present. See? That's why it makes sense. It was a younger... Yeah, okay, we get it now. Josh ain't wrong. It didn't make sense when I was reading it neither. So, <laughs> for all those you doubted. In the end, the group is celebrating at the saloon crew owned, now taken over by Daxter, called the Naughty Ocelot. Get it? Because <coughs> Naughty Dog made this game, and he's an Ocel. Yeah. Hence the Naughty Ocel. Hey. <laughs> Jokes. Jokes, guys. We got him. Sig reappears, having survived his battle with the giant metal head. He's in all white now, and he's got a staff, and he's talking to kings. Because Gandalf. Because it's a Gandalf joke. <laughs> Samos mourns the death of all those who gave their lives in pursuit of peace and justice in Haven City. Finally, Sig gives Jack the ruby key, an artifact to bypass all security in Haven City, calling Jack the designated driver. Jack smiles and says that he is done with adventures. Samos then comments that they may not be done and may yet meet Mar. And that's where Jack 2 ends. Jack 3's got enough content for its own episode, because that's a fucking game. <laughs> that game is dense. But, um, yeah, these games are great. Uh, when, when we took a break in between, I, I looked it up, and uh, all three of them, uh, and Jack X, which actually has story, and it's just the naughty dog way to make the fourth game in a franchise, the racing game. But um, they uh, yeah, they um, they're all on PS4. You can just buy them all digitally on PS4. I think each one's like eight bucks, which is not bad at all. Not bad at all. Like if you haven't played these games, I definitely recommend picking them up. Them up. They're really really fun, and they hold up. Jack and Daxter is kind of a slog. But once you get to games like Jack 2 and Jack 3, where there's actually, like, plot, and it's not a massive collect-a-thon, like, the games really pick up. And um, since we just told you the entire story for Jack and Daxter, you really don't have to fucking play it. So just play Jack 2. <laughs> yeah, just go straight to 2. <laughs> just go play Jack 2, and then play Jack 3. Um, but yeah, they're, they're really fun and really great games. Uh, so, yeah. With, with a weird, edgy story, but, like, it really fit the PS2 era. I'm just saying. And all I remember, real quick, I remember Jack 3 had vehicles in it. Yeah. So I just would remember, this is, I'm fucking dating myself so hard on this one. I would remember riding around in Jack 3 in the vehicles in like the dunes, because a lot of Jack 3 takes place in desert. 
listening to. You can't even fucking say it. Listening to Beast and the Harlot by Seven <laughs> Sevenfold just jamming. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous how me that was in PS2 era. It's great. Like, I would just listen to City of Evil constantly while playing this Jack 3. Like, itch. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, fuck. But uh, that's that's all I got for the jack games for now we're, we're gonna revisit it to finish the franchise <laughs> oh fuck um like we like to do every time on navi tales nick what have you been playing um I, well i know one of them because you were playing it 10 minutes ago yeah we're playing <laughs> hollow knight um i'm trying to like finish like literally everything so like <clears throat> there was like a point in my life like a brief window where like i wanted to like 100 percent everything and then that brief window was closed when i Hundred percent. When I platinumed every single Kingdom Hearts game on PlayStation, I remember that, and I, I remember you not wanting to do that with a game since. And then I finished Birth by Sleep as the last one. I went fuck this. Um, so it takes a really certain type of game for me to hundred percent. I have to like, it has to not feel like a chore because a lot of the Kingdom Hearts stuff felt like a chore, uh, especially Birth by Sleep. Oh yeah, but like I hundred percented uh, Odyssey, Mario Odyssey. Uh, that was that was that, that wasn't a chore like to a me. Chore, no. Um I did everything in Breath of the Wild besides the Koroks because the Koroks the Koroks was the only part that felt like a chore. The side quests and the the shrines, shrines did not feel like a chore to me. Yeah. Um so I've been trying to do everything I can in Hollow Knight because this game doesn't feel like a chore to me. And the only thing that I have left is the true boss of the base game, the final boss of the one of the DLCs and then the entire final DLC which is a seems like uh, like a boss gauntlet like a really long boss gauntlet That's which I'm, dope. I'm kind of dope in getting into but I'm trying to finish these two bosses first and then I'm going to tackle the boss gauntlet as like the very last thing which adds some new bosses to it um, like some character like some NPCs you that were like in the game that you meet and like helps you out you can now fight Oh, that's pretty um, cool. So I'm I'm pretty dope to try and tackle those. Um, <clears throat> so other than that, uh, Pokemon Go. We had a community day this past weekend, which with... I feel like we weren't able to like fully commit yeah, we, to. We were like, fully last able time. to commit to, but I was perfectly happy with how it went. Yeah, um, me too. We we ended up being able to catch some cool stuff. We uh we ended up going to King Richard's Fair, which if you're in New England, it's King Richard's Fair. Like, it's a thing most people know. If you're not, it's a renaissance fair that, like, is uh, in the same place every year and is open, like, certain seasons, like most run fairs are. But it's a fucking blast. Uh, we went as a D&D party, minus a member, plus your girlfriend. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it was a blast. Yeah, it was really fun. So, we, uh, we had planned this, like, months ago. I think we planned this in July. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, summer. Like, we, we had a pool party and we planned this. Um, so it, it just happened to fall on a day that was a community day, which you can't foresee cause you don't know the community day until like a month before. Right. Um, so, but we ended up, uh, being able to play at the Renaissance fair and we left the Renaissance fair early enough. Uh, but like we were satisfied. Yeah. We, we'd gotten there at 10 30 and we left at three. <laughs> so like we were good. Yeah. We were satisfied. So we ended up, uh, going to the, our local park for a bit for like the last hour or so. Yeah. Uh, and met up with a couple, uh, with one of our friends there, and 
Did a raid. Did a did a Mewtwo raid with a bunch of fucking people and just caught some shiny Chikoritas. Yeah, I have a I have a shiny um, Meganium. Yeah, me too. Yours is way better than mine. You got like a ninety one percent, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I got a ninety one percent one. So I evolved. That's the one I evolved. Um, my Kanto decks is now done. Nice. Because they're uh, we have we've been having a Kanto event all all month, and they added the the regionals to the the eggs you can get from your friends. So I finally hatched all the regionals I didn't have. Yeah, you got two Kangaskhans back to back. Yeah, I like hatched so many fucking eggs, and all I was missing was a Kangaskhan. And like yesterday, like I hatched two in a row, of course. Of course. Like back to back after I hatched like a bunch of them. So Kanto's pretty much done. Uh, there also was like a weird fucking thing that happened for like a half yeah, hour. Yeah, there was like some nuts. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, after community day ended. Uh, for like a half hour, the the uh, Pokemon started appearing or question mark that like basically had like a little little body, little arms, no feet, uh, a nut for a head. Yeah, it looked like, like a hexadecimal a, nut. Yeah, with like a black eye floating in the middle and had like a little yellow wire tail behind it. Yeah, it's not a Pokemon that we know at least. Right, because its name was question mark question mark question mark number question mark question mark question mark. Um, and when you caught it, it just turned into a ditto and like, didn't get registered to your Pokedex. Um, it was like, like, so like in the game, if you, if there's a poke, there's like a radar in the bottom corner that you can click on that shows stuff nearby. Yeah. Um, and if you, if there's a Pokemon nearby that you don't have, it's like great. It's like blacked out. It's like a shadow. So this thing obviously appeared as a shadow, but if you catch it, it's always appears as a shadow. And like I said, it just turned into a ditto, and that was it. And then and there were also rumors of Kecleon showing up in the yes, IY there was too. some there was some like a video I saw of like somebody encountering a Kecleon and catching it, and then the Kecleon turned into a ditto, which would piss me the fuck off. But so uh, nobody knows what this is. It just kind of happened for like a half hour, and the internet collectively freaked the fuck out. Well, what it had happened a half hour after the event, and they kind of appeared with the frequency that the Chikoritas were. Right, so but I then they know. just then they stopped like after a half hour. Yeah, I don't know if they're. I don't know. I no one does. No one does. Like, there's been speculation that it could be just like a glitch, or like something that wasn't supposed to happen. But like, the like the marketing head of like Niantic Japan tweeted out a picture of it, and with like all question marks, like, like the encountering, uh, the encountering picture, like when you're right. catching it. He tweeted out that. So like, I don't think the head of marketing would like. Do that if it wasn't purposeful. So I don't know. It's just a weird thing that Pokemon happened. Go getting its own Pokemon. I fucking who knows. But yeah, that was that was a thing that happened, and yeah, we don't a, really have an answer on that right now. Yeah, it was just a weird thing. So, so I've been playing a couple games. First off, I hooked my SNES Mini up in my bedroom. Uh, in case you don't know, we record in my basement. My PS4 is in my basement. My Switch is a Switch. Uh, but the dock is in my basement because that's where the biggest TV is. But I actually have a TV in my bedroom as well um, because I'm a fucking millennial. And uh, so I hooked my SNES Mini up to that TV and I've now made it a personal goal to beat every game on it. So right now I'm working on Donkey Kong Country. Um, I'm really not looking forward to Super Ghosts and Goblins and Super Metroid, but whatever. Yeah, uh, I'm still making it a personal goal to beat every game on it. 
Uh, I am also looking forward to playing Earthbound Last, because that's what I plan on doing, because I want my last game to be one of my favorites. So I'm working on Donkey Kong Country right now, I'm about halfway through. It's really fun. Um, I mean, if you play Donkey Kong Country, you know. Uh, I've played it before, but it's a really fun game, uh, especially like now going through it. Like, I haven't played every game on the SNES Mini. Like, I've never played Super Mario RPG and stuff. Uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, playing through that too. But um, the other thing I've been playing, and I've been playing, I started this yesterday. Uh, right now, or uh, this past weekend, on, not this past weekend, fucking a couple weekends ago from when you're hearing this. No, this past weekend from when you're hearing this. I, um, there was a flash sale on the PS4, and with it was Dark Souls Remastered for 30 bucks. And I really couldn't turn it down to have every single Souls game on one system outside of Demon Souls. Yeah. So I'm playing through Dark Souls. Which I have no regrets about picking it up. The other reason I picked it up is because when I was looking, I was reading a thing of someone who's got a hold of the Switch version from like the beta testing they did this past weekend. Yeah. Who compared it to the remastered version. And they're like, I wouldn't call this the remastered version. It has the same graphics as the Prepare to Die version for PS3. But they don't have the remastered shadow effects and graphics that prepare, that the remastered version does. So they're calling it remastered, but it, it's running at 30 frames per second, not 60 frames per second. Yeah. Which means that it runs the same as Prepare to Die edition for PS3. So I went... Okay, I've played Prepare to Die. I'm probably still going to pick up Dark Souls for my Switch. Not sure if I'm going to pick it up and launch uh, because I have Dark Souls on my PS4 now. And then on top of that, uh, I, I still might. I'm me. I like Dark Souls. And then on top of that, it's the only plus I'm getting from this now would be mobile. Right. Which is a big plus in my book. But like, I really wanted to see the remastered graphics. So with this news coming to light, I went, okay, the only way I'm going to see the remastered graphics is if I pick it up for my PS4. So I bought Dark Souls for my PS4 because it was on a flash sale. It was like 30% off. And I went, okay, yeah, I'll pick it up for 30 bucks. That's not, that's not a bad pickup. Yeah. So now on my PS4, I own Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls 3, and Bloodborne. The, literally the only Souls game I don't own on my PS4 is Demon's Souls because there's no way to own it on Demon on that. Plus, Demon's Souls is a little bit rough. <laughs> Not like difficulty, but like rough in like early PS3 game rough. So, uh, yeah, I'm playing through Dark Souls. I'm uh, not super, super far in. I, I didn't play as much as I'd have liked to this weekend, but I, I don't know. I'm like right about to fight uh, the, the first demon you encounter. I believe it's the, the Tauros demon. So, yeah, I'm, like, right there. I, like, know where I am. And I'm like, oh, great, I gotta go fight the Tauros demon, which means I gotta turn around real quick and climb a ladder. Like, hit <laughs> ye. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I, I have no regrets about playing Dark Souls again and picking it up for 30 bucks just because I really wanted to see the new graphics, and I was kind of bummed when I heard that. Like, for someone like you, who's never played Dark Souls and plays your Switch that much, I recommend picking it up when it comes out for your Switch. Yeah, no, I still think I'm gonna pick it up on my Switch just because uh, I am in... I am using it more, and you know, like I said, I haven't played 
any of the Dark Souls games yet. Yeah, so but like, like, I had like full intentions on picking it up for the Switch, and like hearing this kind of is a bummer. But like, I'm still probably just gonna pick it up on my. It's Switch. not gonna be that much different for you, <clears throat> right? It's gonna like for me. I wanted to see those improvements because I remember playing the first Dark Souls and going through Blight Town and going, "This is just brown." Like <laughs> so brown. So playing through. So, which you'll experience Blight Town, but like I wanted to see what they did with the remastered version for Blight Town. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna pick it up, pick it up on my Switch eventually too, just to have it on my Switch. Like I've done that with so many games. Like I bought Oxen Free on my Switch. I haven't played it, but like if I want to play Oxen Free, it's now on my Switch. I don't have to worry about it on my PS4. Yeah, yeah. It's like that with a lot of games. And I'll probably do that with Dark Souls as well. Uh. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. I've really just been playing Super Nintendo games and now Dark Souls. So and it's fine. I'm not complaining. I'm yeah. having a blast. Yeah, it's a good time. Um, in Dungeons and Dragons Corner, we role played yeah, a lot. Fuck that was a really role play heavy <laughs> session we just had. Yeah, it really was. Uh, we were in the town of Velaki. Uh, they're finding out like the different factions in Velaki with the different people. Um, they're they're getting ready for the festival, festival of the sun, which should blazing be, sun. Yeah, and we left off with you guys at doing your only combat encounter that session. Yep, fighting a bunch of bony boys, and then continuing on through that cave, through that underground cavern you're in under one of the houses. Yeah, but yeah, really role play heavy session. Yeah, which is great because I had no voice. Yeah, which was fucking great. And I did like all the talking. Yeah, so so Nick blew out his voice even more. Uh, but yeah, role playing, nothing against my party. I love my party. Uh, I love all of you. Just, uh, it can be a little tough to pull role playing out of the party. Uh, not you and, and not anything against them. They're inexperienced players. So, uh, they're, they're getting better and I'm working on it and I'm, I'm trying to get it out of them through whatever way I can find. So, and, and I think it's working. The only thing is our paladin keeps fucking trying to derail my goddamn campaign. Yeah. Um. I don't know what he's going to do with the doll he made. I don't know either. And it's going to trigger me, I'm sure. Oh, probably. Because that's his fucking goal. It's just piss you off. Yeah, so. And then, uh, as we said, the party went to King Richard's Fair, where we all just had a blast. Nick and I have matching rings now. Yeah. Uh, last year, I went to King Richard's Fair, and I bought a ring that's got a Vulcanite on it. Nick bought the same ring this year, so now her his girlfriend's super jealous of our love. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and, and we just had fun jousting and spending too much money. So, yeah. Spent so much money. Nick, I looked at my bank account <laughs> when I got home, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, shit's expensive. But it's a lot of fun, and no, sometimes is. that's worth the money. Uh, also, before we leave the indie corner, uh, Heist of the Dra- uh, or the Dragon Heist came out. Waterdeep uh, Dragon Heist. Yeah, right? new campaign. What the fuck is it called? Waterdeep Dragon Heist. You got it right. Okay, cool. Uh, so the new campaign book come out, came out, and I picked it up uh, because I like owning those things. Uh, it looks really fun. The maps are kind of shit, but I don't care because I like taking campaigns and making them my own, and the maps being as bare as they are means I can put whatever the fuck I want in every, in every room. So, um, downside, they're not great to hang on walls. Plus side, uh, they are more customizable in my opinion. Um, but yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, you get to pick from different villains. There's different seasons. Uh, it's 
think more on the shorter side, but I think they did that on purpose with the plans for the Mad Wizard campaign that comes out next month. Yeah. Or November. Yeah, I think November. So, which is almost next month. <laughs> yeah, which is almost next month. So, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to running it. Uh we'll, we're going to go we're I'm making my players roll new characters uh with a lot more creativity and knowledge of making characters uh for this campaign. Um you got a weird one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be a shifter bloodhunter. Uh shifters are a race that is in playtest right now. Yeah. Uh, they're like they're they're I think they're referred to as wear touched. Yeah, they like don't they're like in that in between hybrid form of like human beast. Um and when they like shift, they don't go full beast, they just become a bit more beasty. So it's not like full transformation, like full werewolf, full yeah. were whatever. Um they're kinda in that in between and they get a little bit closer to the beast form for their shifting. which basically functionally in gameplay works like barbarian rage, right? <laughs> uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, blood, and then I'm and then maybe a blood hunter, which is uh, one of Matt Mercer's uh, classes. One of the things I I say is homebrews I gotta look at beforehand, uh, even play tests gotta look at beforehand, which Nick and I did. But feel free to, to use anything Matt Mercer's ever done. That shit's borderline official. Like Mercer Mercer stuff is so in depth and so well balanced. I'm hundred percent in on it. Yeah, so I'm gonna be a. Literally made a I literally made a witcher. Yeah, he he just found a way to make a witcher without calling it a witcher, and is rolling true neutral. So yeah, um, yeah, like to the point where like the the shifters' names are very literal. Um, like the examples they gave were like red wolf and uh, stuff like that. So I was like, I could literally call myself white wolf, and uh, as a blood hunter, who, which the class is inspired by a witcher already. Yeah, the the class um, Mercer has, has said that the class is inspired by a mix of the Witcher and Bloodborne, which like two of my favorite things. Yeah. So I'm in. Um, so yeah, I'm literally going to be basically role playing Geralt, and I can't wait. I I think you're going to have a blast with that. I think I'm going to have a blast with that. Um, uh, a couple of the other things being thrown around by my party members. Uh, one of them wants to play as a Kitsune. Uh, I don't know what class yet, but I know she definitely wants to be a Kitsune race, and I found a good one and approved it we tweaked some things uh i have one who wants to play as either uh potentially a triton or a leprechaun which i went okay i have an idea for a leprechaun i want to make this homebrew myself i have a fucking idea it's based on the book american gods by neil gaiman yeah uh that's also a great show on stars um so the leprechaun in that is called mad sweeney and the issue is, uh, to to kind of cut it short, he gives away his lucky coin. So now he's not lucky anymore, has bad luck. So I said, okay, I'm going to give you access to an unlimited amount of gold you get to pull out of thin air, like Mad Sweeney does. However, every time you do it, there's a 33% chance, like Wish, that you can never do it again and you have bad luck. Use it wisely. I think that that's actually pretty balanced. I'm down. That like that could be really fun for gameplay, really fun for roleplay. I think that it it could be really cool. Yeah. And it's and just having I like the concept of having all this power that could just potentially go away. Right. I I've, I've really liked that concept. I've also working on a character that I really want to roll. I texted you about it on Sunday. 
I want to roll a paladin that doesn't use weapons, only uses a shield. So he only uses shield and healing spells, and he's just there to help. <laughs> he's just like this really nice guy. It's inspired by a League of Legends character named Brom, who like is this big, strong, mustachioed man with this giant shield, and all he wants to do is help. To the point where like one of his common catchphrases is "Stand behind Brom." Like it's just like this really nice guy who's just massive and mean and strong. But like, just wants to help, and I think I can do that as a paladin, considering there's a feat entirely around shield bashing that I'm going to rework for whoever DMs whatever campaign I'm doing with this fucking just shield paladin. Yeah, this would be great. It, he's just like this super friendly guy, and he's gonna be tanked the fuck out. Yeah, big armor, just big huge, shield, stupid tank, huge, strong, like massive amounts of strength, charisma, all that. But no weapon. Like that go the like the concept of attacking, that goes to my party members. Yeah. I'm just here to help. Like I I just love the concept. Because like he's just he could even like want to help the enemies. Like, oh, you knocked a guy unconscious. I'm here to help. Yeah. Like, cause that's what he's there for. He's yeah. just there to help. I love the idea. Yeah, it's I really great. do. So I'm actually working on making the character sheet for that right now because I'm in love with it. Yeah, I got a uh, massive list of D&D characters I've been working on. But um, uh, that's, that's the end of D&D Corner. Uh, I feel like I want to add weird character ideas that I think of to the end of D&D Corner from now on. Because I want to share them with people that aren't Nick. <laughs> uh, I want somebody else to listen. I want someone else to listen to me. So I think that I'm going to start doing that more often. Uh, just because it's a lot of fun. And uh, some of them are going to be homebrews. Some of them are going to be official. But regardless, I think I'm going to just add them in. Yeah, you guys it. can steal my ideas. That's why I'm throwing them out there. Fuck it. Um, check us out on social media. We are on both Instagram and Twitter at Navi underscore Tales. Again, at Navi underscore Tales. Uh, send us pictures of your edgy high school years. Um, oh, God. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Love you. <laughs>because it's the one day a week I can go to work, come home and do fuck all. And now we here we are because you're ill. Fucking recording on a Monday. Yeah, dude. Dude, this is usually the day I fucking edit these things or one of the two days I used to edit these days these things. Now I have one day to edit these things. Well, and then on top of that, uh this is usually your laundry day. So like, yeah. now you're going to be in stinky clothes. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be a little stinky boy. Yeah, when I go to work, I was going to be like, what's that smell? And it's going to be like, oh, it's the stinky boy. Because he had to record on Monday, so now he's a stinky boy. Yeah, now he's a stinky boy. Hi, we're not... Do you have a quote? Are we recording? Yeah. This can stay in. I don't know where. Well, it's going to go... Probably go at the end. Yeah. Are we doing a quote on that? That looked kind of dope. Dude, it went through my fucking pop filter. Yeah. I just had a pretty sick vape. Sick vape, bro. Ten this is a pretty, it's a pretty sick fucking Ten out of ten, vape. best vape. Uh, I, mean, I don't got any quotes because Jack doesn't talk. Um, You're right. <laughs> Hold up. The silent protagonist strikes again. But, like, you get to be like the protagonist. You're you like, can insert yourself there.
You can like insert yourself into the protagonist. Yeah, so I'm looking at quotes from the video game Jack and Daxter. Yeah. Let's go through Jack's quotes. Okay. Yeah. Ouch. Ah. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> it sounds about right. Do it, do it. I'm gonna use this one because when I was writing the lore for this game, I realized what a fucking collectathon the a collectathon the original Jack and Daxter is. Like, 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 old school, early PS2 collectathon kind of yeah. shit. So we're gonna use this one because I think even the game developers knew. <laughs> Daxter had second thoughts about straying from the village, but the two perch on a large skeleton. Oh, fuck me. Seeing this, they knew that they have to go to the island and let someone know before, but, oh. I should have typed that different. Such a fucking amateur. The fastest way is through the, the fastest way is through a palace, Kira refused. Place. Yeah. Is it though? It's not a palace. <laughs> it's a fucking awful. It's awful. <laughs> The man then introduces himself as Osmo, who works for the Critter Rider. Critter Ritter. Critter Ritter. I didn't misspell that. <laughs> I looked it up twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually how they spell it. Fun fact, Critter Ritter and Daxter is spelled K-R-I-D-D-E-R-R-I-D-D-E-R. Critter Ritter. Critter Ritter. Sweater weather. After sneaking through the Christmas, uh, it's crimson. I know everything in this fucking franchise is spelled dumb. I know even uh, Jack is spelled dumb. I know. Two years later, Jack is in a palace, or <laughs> <laughs> fuck. Torn then sends the pair to the hip hop heaven saloon, where or, or no wait hold up the hip hog heaven saloon. Where they meet the morbidly obese crime boss, crew, and his body bodyguard. Mm. Uh, in the end, the group is celebrating at the saloon. Crew owned uh, now. What? Oh, the now end, taken the, over. Yeah. Oh, now taken over by. Gonna. I feel like it should be one or the other. No. Hey. In the end, the group is celebrating at the saloon. Crew owned now taken over by Daxter. And called the naughty Otzel. That's proper. Is owned part of the name? No. Okay, let me hold up. Let me make this easier for you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Because it sounded like... I, I get it, but like I, I totally get it, but as soon as I did that, doesn't it make so much more sense? Right, because it sounded like Saloon Crew is the name, so you're saying like they're at Saloon Crew, owned now, taken over by. Yeah, I get it. Like, that made no sense at to the, me. At the Saloon Crew owned, okay. 